Good morning, everyone. I have a hot new podcast for you today. It's a bit different this week. Due to the current quarantining, I have not been able to have guests in the podcast studio, but I really wanted to keep this train moving forward. So I started virtual interviews. The first one was a smash hit, in my humble opinion. I'm connecting with old and new business friends that aren't local to me anymore. My first virtual guest you're about to listen to is Melissa Newbeck. She runs a wildly successful photography business down in Naples, Florida called Newbeck Photographers. She recently also started her own video podcast show called Mindset Squared, where it's all about keeping a positive mindset in any situation. And I think currently we definitely need a positive mindset right now during this pandemic. This is also definitely the longest interview I've ever done, but that's because Melissa and I both can talk and we've known each other for a long time now, but I think you'll really enjoy the listen if you stick with it. By the way, this week's podcast is brought to you by BearCityImpact.com, where you can learn all you need to know about content marketing and how to get it done and get your content a kick in the butt. This month, I'm offering a special one-to-one content strategy session. You will leave the session with a 90-day content strategy full of ideas that are specific to you and your business. If you want to learn more about this, head to bearcityimpact.com slash go content. That's bearcityimpact.com slash go content. Cheers. Enjoy. No, but my question is, is, is if Dave has ever been in a rock band. <laughs> it's possible, but you know what Dave actually looks like right now? Dave looks like uh, he's ready to give like an Apple keynote speech or something, doesn't he? Really? Yeah, you're ready to go. Uh, how, how about a... <laughs> so uh, let me just quickly introduce Dave to you and then we'll also get to the podcast wherever it happens to be. Oh, someone just popped on right now. Okay, so let me just quickly introduce that we're live, and then I'll just explain a quick backstory to you about Dave and I and how we are survive each other friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, folks, we're live. This is episode thirty-one of the Morning Impact. I have guest uh, Melissa. I have no idea why I almost called you by your maiden name, Newbeck, and. Um, <laughs> She's from Newbeck Photographers down in Naples, Florida. So we're doing this virtual for a few weeks. Um, I had some people lined up to do this locally, but as I mentioned, if you didn't pick up on it before, um, I really like the face-to-face live interviews. Um, and I had considered doing a virtual interview with some local people, but I thought since, you know, I mean, this might only last for another three weeks or it might last for two more months. Two more, two I don't more know, months, but yeah. either way in the short term, I'd rather kind of put you local folks on the back burner for the opportunity to meet with you face to face and help promote your business. Um, and so I'm just using the opportunity now to just keep the podcast going virtually. Um, so that's kind of why we're doing this, uh, I'll call it a test stream, but we've been talking for about 10 minutes uh, non-live and it seemed to be working okay. So that's kind of where we're at right now. So, um, Melissa, I'm just going to introduce Dave to you, and then maybe you can kind of introduce yourself to everyone else here. I'll, I'll save all the introduction to you. So um, Dave and I, basically the short story, Dave and I are kind of like opposites in pretty much every way. And I'm actually glad you're on because uh, I got another good sports fan in the house. So you're an Android user. 
Okay, so like Dave's all about Windows and Android. He's super against Apple. I'm not against Android. I just only use Apple products. Um, he's also a raging Bills fan. He loves losing teams. Oh boy! Um, oh boy! Obviously, you know, uh, we're both from you know a winning northeast. <laughs> um, let's see. You know, he's kind of like a different age demographic. He's like a reader. I'm a moviegoer. I mean, there's just like we're just like super opposites. We're literally perfect strangers, like Balky and uh, whatever his name was. We're literally the perfect strangers, and so we share an office together uh, down here in New Bern. And so that's so we've just become pretty good friends just from being opposites, I guess. But that's uh, Dave. Dave ows a uh, boat tour business here in New Bern. It was supposed to start up in April. I mean, you were April first. We were supposed to go live. Yeah. 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 Uh, so that's kind of been put on halt. But he he runs a boat tour business from April to like September ish. Uh, it's pretty successful. And uh, but he also lives on a boat, and so you know I'll I'll let you kind of introduce yourself a little bit as well, a little further. But Melissa, um, take it away. Why don't you interview? Inter- hey, inter- Melissa. Introduce hey, yourself, baby. and I'll put your camera on there. Uh, yes, there we go. I would love to, Brad. And by the way, when you wave your, when you flail your hands about, you you put your hand in Dave's face. So just be careful with that, because I like yeah, seeing yeah. you. Come on, Brad. <laughs> I know this is a new setup for you. Yep, there you go, right in his face. <laughs> face plant. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me, gentlemen. Oh, that's my name down there on the screen. That's exciting. That's our handle. Uh, so my name is Melissa Melly for short, uh, Newbeck. I am owner of Newbeck Photographers down here in Naples, like Brad said. Gosh, Brad and I know each other, though, for I don't even know how many years. We can maybe get into that later, but many years, probably like, 12 or something. Uh, We worked at Best Buy together forever ago. So I I like to joke that I feel like I've lived a few different lifetimes. Uh, I've reinvented myself a few times. I actually turned 32 this Saturday. So a baby. I am. I'm a baby. Uh, But I've, I've always been honestly passionate about a lot of different things. And I just enjoy getting my feet wet in different things. And um, after working in retail management for about eight years collectively between Best Buy and Microsoft and then nannying a lot actually, uh, influenced by my mom who was a teacher for a million years um, and then also actually being a teacher for a year. I went to school for photography actually back when I was in Boston. Uh, Boston University used to have a subsidiary school called the Center for Digital Imaging Arts so it was super art focused and the school's unfortunately no longer there because of funding, but it was great. I did a two year accelerated program so I could skip all the general ed stuff that I was no good at anyway and uh, get right to the nitty gritty of the creative artsy stuff. So I wanted to learn all about photography and uh, just I decided if I was gonna go forward, actually at the time my best friend was in school for film and she was like, you know, you're actually pretty good at taking pictures. Have you ever thought of doing that for real? And I was like, no. And then I thought, well, if I'm gonna do it, I wanna like, I wanna do it right. That's that's me, if I'm gonna do it, I wanna take it 100%. So I thought, let me just learn, let me let me learn all the different options and what I could and could do and what I enjoy. So I, I went to that program and then few different iterations of my lifetime in between there and then uh, basically after I got married um, I was nannying it was not going to interrupt really quick 
Is yeah. that Matt doing dishes right now? Or is that the cat? Yeah, Matt, you're doing dishes, but they can hear you. You can wait to do that later. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm no, sorry. That's I being, that's being I a good husband there. Yeah, no, I was, <laughs> it was like a compliment to him. Yeah, no, he can continue on. It's not like super loud or something. Um, I just was like, oh, that's cool. But anyway, keep going. Keep going. I'm the I'm the chef. He actually can. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, uh, sorry, I froze for a second. I want to make sure you can still see me. Um. So anyway, where was I, Brad? You can't do that. You can't get me off my off my Ooh, my tan. Sorry. Uh, you were talking oh, about oh. uh, you finished this course in school and. Well, I graduated, then I was, uh, there were lots of things that happened in between, honestly, but then I met Matt, and I was, we got married, I was nannying at the time, and it was not going great, I was not loving it, and I just decided one day, hey, I think I'm going to start my own photography business, and Matt <clears throat> implicitly trusted in me, and was like, okay, that sounds like a great idea, and he was a hobbyist photographer, so I said, why don't you, why don't we shoot a wedding together and see how that goes? We had both uh, shot a couple of weddings on our own, and shooting a wedding by yourself is not fun, uh, in my opinion, in our opinion. But I had always thought, if I'm going to shoot weddings, I want to do it. I don't want to do it piecemealing together a different assistant each time. I would really want to have it be consistent. So I right. thought, let's just try this and see how it goes. So we did, and that was in October of 2015, or November, excuse me, November. And uh, that's the rest of history, I guess. And so now we're five years. Yeah. Is that crazy? Well I, well, I mean, I guess that's like uh, if we think of like it, you think of like 2016 being your first full year, 16, 17, 18, 19. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, four, I guess four years, uh, you know, senior, four and a half ish or something like that. Yes, excuse me. I know good tissue, but uh, okay. So I like to say that my first full year was actually 2017 because in 2016, so we incorporated the business in 2015, shot our first wedding, and then I was still going to full time college at the time I decided to go back to school to do all that general ed stuff that I wasn't good at which is actually where I met Matt he was my algebra professor Shh, don't tell anybody it's fine we we waited until after the semester was over to start dating so that's all that really matters and then um, I uh, so I did that and then from there I, that next spring semester so spring of 2016 I was still taking a full course load so while I had started the business I thought I was like I'm superwoman. I can totally run the business, start a business, run a business, and go to school full-time. It's fine. I'm going to do all the things. It did not go particularly well that semester. Um, I did pass my classes, but the business I didn't do much with. But we did launch our website July of that year, 2016. So I sort of say that like the tail end of 2016 was really where I hit it uh, hardcore. I went to part-time school that fall, and then I decided to let school go that December. And 2017 kind of turned into our our real first full time year. Got it. So that's us. And and did I you, get the did, go ahead. Did you say you married your algebra professor? I did. There's oh, got to be a movie in that. I didn't even pick up on that. I knew that he was an algebra professor, but I didn't realize that he was your algebra professor. I just said that. Wait, welcome to the show, host. <laughs> Do yeah, I need I'm, to uh, a little slower? I can speak yeah. a little more. Wow, slower. you're like the first person to call me out on that. Uh, hey, so I, yeah. might, so I might have missed. I, well, I, I'm sure sure I missed this. Were was like Matt already in Florida when you like were attending college there? 
Yeah, so Matt has been, he's lived in Florida since he was five, so that's... Okay, that's what I thought. 35 years. Uh, but he's been at FGCU, Florida Gulf Coast University, teaching math for almost a decade. Ten years now. Uh, so he teaches algebra and calculus are his two specialties. And when I decided to go back to school for That's journalism, so cool. I really wanted to get my bachelor's. I had to take uh, I had to take remedial math. I like went to my orientation with all the freshmen. I'm like the I'm like 26 years old. Of course, I think I don't actually think I'm the cat's pajamas, but I'm like I don't want to go play all these like silly games. I'm just here to like or do my orientation and like get on with life. And uh, you had to take this placement test, of course, to see what kind of math you were going to place into. And you had to get like a 65 to get into college algebra. And I hadn't looked at algebra since I was like 17 or whatever. And I wasn't good at it then either. And uh, I think I tested like 31. And the kid next to me was like, he's like, you know, 18 years old. And, and he's next to me and he's like, I got a 67 or whatever. What do you get? And I was like, nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> Um, but good thing, because I ended up in Matt's class. I remember this is before I knew rate my professors was a thing, but I just thought his last name sounded cool. So I selected him and I thought, I'm going to, I'm not going to do well in this class if I don't sit in the front row. I need to pay attention. I'm a serious adult student now. And, uh, and then he came in and made some sort of terrible and or sarcastic joke. And I was like, oh no, this is bad. Bad. <laughs> I, I do like the uh, oh. oh I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you you were just frozen for a second so I thought you had paused <laughs> this is so fun I love this I love this virtual um, <laughs> actually didn't you uh your like new back uh, I don't know I call it the selfie cam it's not a selfie cam the thing you bring at uh, like the live thing isn't there it's like a play on uh, the name isn't it it's like the new cam or something like that yeah it's called the new booth. It's our the little new photo booth. booth. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love what, that. what is that? It's like a, it's all okay, digital. Dave, why don't you explain it? Yeah, it's a photo booth, Dave, but not in not one of those big traditional like bulky photo booths that prints and everything. It's all digital, so it just sits on a tripod and it's got a ring light on it. And honestly, it's just got an, an iPad inside, and then it's you know you pay for the software and all that jazz, of course. Um, that then sends GIFs and still images to people's phones. So we added that on two or three years ago to our arsenal of equipment. We bring that, um, you know, it's an add-on you can get for weddings, of course, and parties. It's big for corporate events, business, okay. you know, all that kind of I love it. Got it. All right. So, Dave, uh, why don't, you know, most people on this podcast already know you, but um, why don't you just kind of introduce yourself, just like Melissa, because people like in Newburn kind of know you, so why don't you just kind of introduce yourself? Uh, you know, maybe not like a 15-minute introduction, I'll but the uh, I'm digest. just kidding, Melissa, you were great. Reader's Digest. No, um, I was born and raised in Buffalo, uh, went to school at Syracuse, have a degree in computer engineering, um, got hired by IBM straight out of college, uh, worked for IBM for about 30 years, uh, retired in 2009, and... Um, and then um, moved aboard my boat at that time. So I live on a sailboat. And uh, uh, one of the uh, things that when I left IBM, they had some retraining opportunities. So I took advantage of that and got my captain's license. And then I kind of backed my way into driving a tour boat for another uh, person that owned the tour business in town here. And then um, I ended up buying the business and um, here I be. So it's been about three years. So, And that's Dave. Now, can you picture Dave working at IBM without? Uh, so you, so you didn't have. Now you didn't have like a beard or anything, but you definitely didn't have the long hair. No, I had a Tom Selleck 
mustache. The mustache, a no big hair. old, big old bushy one. Yeah, or or short hair. Yeah, right, right, and short hair. I, I still would really like you to produce. Some, you must have some sort of picture from back in your oh sure days. Sure. Yeah, I've asked I'll, you to produce this like six or seven times. I right. yet to do it. Okay, I'll do it. Okay, all right, fair. All right, I, this I, is the first I, I heard about it. To. First, oh, okay. Maybe I've only like softly mentioned it or something like that. But yeah, okay, great, cool. Uh, all right, so we got introductions out of the way. Um, yeah, I'm actually really. I've actually never heard the story of how you got into being a professional photographer. I mean, I imagine you probably always hobbied in it, but like when I knew you, you were like. Um, I'm nervous to I'm hear what's about this You were kind of like a nerd, I guess. Like not, but like not like a like what people would think as a nerd. Like you were a cool nerd. But, like, I would never, like, picture you being in a creative outlet, I guess, is my point. Because you were just, you geeked out on technology so much. Um, and you loved, like, the customer service sales world so much. I guess I just, all of a sudden when I started following you. Did you guys meet at Best Buy? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Melissa touched on that just briefly. It was probably about 12. I was actually trying to think of, like, the first time we met. Um I definitely remember when it was when you were working in the Braintree Mass story. I, I can't remember exactly the circumstance of how we met, but it was there. I actually had just started working for Best Buy again. I had quit for like six months, and then I, I had come back. Um, but anyways, and then when you kind of like work at Best Buy, um, because they're so, at least in the New England area, like here they're like an hour or more apart from each other. In New England, they're literally like in Boston. There's three different stores in Boston. Wow, the Boston area. Yeah, you know, so you kind of end up making pretty good friends with people that work in all these different stores because you're kind of just like in these places all the time. Yeah, yeah. Fun experience. I don't know if you remember this. Well, this is probably so. I'm gonna. This is like a a, a fun retail story that I remember of Melissa. Um, oh lord. <laughs> No, 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 this isn't even weird. But I bet you this is probably something that you did or this happened on several occasions, not like just once or twice. I could be wrong. But one of my first experiences with Melissa, I forget what was happening. We were just like hanging out and we walked into, I think it was like the Cambridge store. It was one of the stores in, in the Boston area. And we were not working at all, like in, like in jeans and like, you know, like a t-shirt. And there was a customer that needed this help. I think it was actually with cameras or, or MP3 players or something. And, like, you know, everyone else is busy. And most was just kind of like, oh, hey, um, you know, I work here. And I love this place. And, like, hey, let me just maybe help you. And it turned into, like, this 20-minute, you know, sales conversation. And I'm like, what just happened here? But I bet you this happened. Like, am I wrong? Has this happened like several times to you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, so this yeah, is like sure. so that's something that sticks out with me. But like that's that's a normal occurrence, I imagine. I bet you still do that today. I might sometimes almost do that, but I I can fool myself now. Honestly, back then, I bet you I asked somebody to log into a register and just ring the customer up. Like I would do that sometimes. I just didn't care. Uh, I mean, I. I Actually, I guess I cared so much uh, that I cared to do that in stores that were not my own. But I think that probably speaks to why you're, you have such a successful 
wedding and family, you know, why you have such a successful photography business is because like you do immerse yourself. Like you don't take yourself out of, I don't want to say work mode. Cause I don't think, I don't know that you're a workaholic. Maybe you are, but, um, but I just like, you just, you immerse yourself so much in it. And like, you can see that happening with your photography business. Like you kind of like immerse yourself into every part of it, you know? So Melissa, well, are you a, are, are you an Apple person or a um, Wintel? Ooh. I am an, so I'm Apple everything except for my phone. I am an Android user for my phone, but a MacBook Pro. Uh, really? And I do, well, the iPad is how the photo booth functions, and I have a second iPad that honestly, I just don't really like tablet size. Uh, I tend to use my phone or the computer. But um, yeah, I had an iPhone for a couple of years, and then I'd had an Android before that. Now, when you work for Best Buy, you end up having all of the toys. So, like, <laughs> yeah. you have two phones for no good reason all the time. There was really, uh, it was a, a problem. But uh, then when I had my iPhone, I actually went to work for Microsoft for a year. So they give you a, a back then, they used oh, to give you a Windows phone that was back in Windows 2014, phone, yeah. I want to say. I actually really loved my Windows phone. It was an HTC I've, I've heard good one. things about it. Yeah, it was great. Uh, but then uh, it was such a nightmare switching from iPhone to Windows for all like iMessage issues and cloud issues and all of the things. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm never going back. That was incredibly frustrating for no good reason. It should have been way easier than that. The more I researched why it was such a pain, whether it's because they want to lock you in or whatever it is, I don't care. Like everybody has those same problems. And I was like, I just want to stick myself in that again. And I like the freedom of more customization. So I stuck with Android. But for editing... Uh, where we went to school, they had us all on Macs, so I just learned everything on Mac, and not that I couldn't relearn on a PC, but I just know all my hotkeys, like I know what I'm doing, it's it's made for it, basically, obviously the whole Adobe suite, I use a lot of Lightroom and Photoshop, so. Well, let, let me, let me uh, just drop a little data point here to just fully justify my position for hating Apple. I use a, um, an app that was a Kickstarter called Dark Sky, and Dark Sky was a... Um, this, is, this is a recent uh, yeah, yeah, moment, by the way. It is. But uh, they were kind of unique in the fact that they did what's called micro-forecasting. I don't know how they did it, whether it was AI, blockchain, who knows what. Um, but anyways, it was really, really good at saying it's going to rain in 30, 30 minutes or 10 minutes or it's going to stop in 10 minutes. And in the turbo business, you were the rain, the weather is very, very important. It was really, really, really useful. So what happens is they get bought out. Apple buys them because they had an, app, an Apple app and they had an iOS app and an Android app. And then they issue a press statement that says the Android app will be withdrawn in June, and that's it, done. So it's going uh, away. And there's so no I'm other there's no other app that is important to me is that one. And then they release a probably an Apple generated uh, Man, statement. Man, they took away my oatmeal. I wasn't finished with it. No, yet. then they put out a statement that we are want to fully support everybody, and we're just really good guys at doing this. And so bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like really annoyed. No, Anyways. that's really that grinds your gears, huh? It did. Super annoying. And you know, in the photography business, we the weather is very important for us too, much like in your boating situation, especially down here in Florida. Mm. Of course, uh, where we get our rainy season, and you've got a 85% chance of rain around right when your shoot is. And I'm like, nope, not canceling. That just means like it's gonna rain sometime around then, but not necessarily the whole time. So right. we'll make it work. Uh, it's been an interesting. Oh, we lost phone. Oh, we lost Dave. Bye, Dave. Oh, I switched. You know what's kind of funny, okay. actually? I'm not going to worry about it. 
I just realized my 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 Canon shut off, so I've been using my uh, laptop my laptop webcam the whole time. But I've so I've been like looking into the camera to like talk to you so you can. Anyways, I've been wondering why. Actually, been now we got the nose cam. What what was that? The nose cam. Wasn't that wasn't Dell that put out a laptop where they put the webcam at the bottom of the screen? <laughs> and so the shots were always up the nose of everyone who was talking to the screen? It sounds like something that was Windows influence, of course, yes. <laughs> Although, actually, uh, on the Windows debate thing, not, I'm not going to get into this, but... Um, of course you're not. So I mostly use Mac for uh, video editing, you know, in some Lightroom editing, but mostly video editing. Um, but I've seen recently with some testing that Premiere Pro actually works better um, with some Windows laptops, and a lot of it is actually because of the heart, because of the video uh, cards in the hardware that's in Mac, actually isn't optimized for Premiere Pro. It's actually optimized for Final Cut Pro. So if you're using Final Cut Pro, it it, it works a lot better than Premiere Pro, but I don't. And um, so all of like. Especially now with like the Mac Pros and the uh, iMac Pros that you can add all these additional pieces of hardware on. It's like basically completely useless in terms of performance upgrade for Premiere Pro because they, they basically just don't work with each other. Um, whereas all the hardware upgrades that you can get for Windows are completely compatible with it. But I'm not going to switch, but it, it is sort of just like a, I, could see, I could see where people are frustrated with Apple. Um, because of the way they kind of, they're basically the originators of quarantine. It, they quarantine their hardware. It goes, I, it goes all the I way back to the days that. when you bought the, the Apple II or something like that, and they put a strange um, screws on the bottom that so no one could open up the box. I mean, <laughs> I that's basically giving them this, the bird. This guy here, this guy right here, he is like a major right to repair, you know, like advocate. Yeah, well, that's another thing. Why they yeah. they fought that tooth <laughs> and nail? All right, this is this is gonna. I know, be, I know, we're gonna get gonna this, get in a ditch yeah. here. This is gonna be, when when Dave, Dave and I sometimes it was just the two of us in here, this is what happens. Although, actually, this is actually the first time Dave and I have actually seen each other face to face in a month, six feet apart. And probably, I would say, a good month. Yeah. Since probably the last podcast we did together yep. in in house here. Yep. Um, so it's good to see you, Brad. Yeah, good seeing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good to see you healthy. Yeah. Um, but um, we normally are here kind of opposite anyways. He's often here like in the later afternoon time. But um, you've been what working on the boat? Yeah, you in the boat yard. But what are you doing by the way? Because you you tell me you're in the boat yard like every day, but your tour boat business is like what are you doing? Well, I, I have to I have to refurb the whole boat and get it clean and pretty again. The pontoon boat. The pontoon the boat. Tour, okay. And right it. now I'm in the middle of servicing the motor. Got it. So I take okay. take, take that all apart and I spend a couple hours there a day. But it's, it's since you're quarantined, Melissa. I am, yeah. Well, I mean, I we go out once to twice a week for like essentials, groceries. You know, somebody's got an appointment or whatever. But for the most part, we've just been home. But they tell you it's really good to establish a routine to kind of give your you know a little bit of a focus and all that. So mm. my routine is to get up. So I built since I can't go to the gym anymore. I got I built myself a little um, gymnasium in my garage, my shop, right? Wow. So I go there and do a little bit of workout, and then um, like a body weight kind of gym. Um, it's got pull ups and push ups and oh, stuff like that. And um, in May, me and five other guys were going to go walk the coast to coast trail in the UK. It's about a 200-mile um, walk, and you go over there, and you backpack it, and stay in, in pubs and everything. But that obviously got canceled, and so um, um, I'm, we were training for that. So every day I put 30 pounds in my pack, and I go out and, um, and walk about five miles. So that's my little routine. Then I go to the boatyard, and after that I have a beer. 
<laughs> that's my routine. That sounds awesome. I like that. Hey, look at that. And I'm back. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Brad is in his own world right now. Any though. I mean, all the time, probably. So we're here to really talk about um, marketing and social media, and we can see the top of your head pretty good there, Brad. Dave gets really annoyed if, you know, we don't talk about anything but marketing. Well, I mean, that's the whole point, though, right? I mean, no? I guess so. You're right, Dave. You're right. Okay. So why don't we talk about marketing, Dave? Why don't you kick it off? Well, I, I mean, and I'm following your lead here, Brad, but usually we talk about, you know, what kind of um, aspects of social media marketing you might use, Melissa. And if you really put the pedal to the metal and push it hard or you use tools or apps to um, automate it or um, where you at? He, he is right. I, I, I am excited to have Melissa here because I think you do a fantastic job marketing your business. We've talked about this before. So, yeah. So, you know, as a young hip photographer, why don't you talk a little bit about what you do? I am so hip, first of all. I'm glad that you brought that to light in case anybody <laughs> was wondering. Um, so <laughs> what, in, in, as far as social media marketing goes, you know, I sort of always tell people I really built this plane while I was flying it. I wasn't sure what the heck I was doing. I just kind of had my business sense that I learned from my past experiences like we all do. And I happen to like to talk sorry if I get a little long-winded but I love people and I love doing right by people and doing things that I enjoy so for me this I just tried to do whatever came naturally and I would observe brands that I really like I really love branding especially the visual aspect and and then I shouldn't even say especially really like as much as I love photography I, I think I love running the business maybe even just a smidge more I just love business uh, and and all of the challenges that come with it and strategizing around it. Brad, you remember our top five strengths that we would do at Best Buy? I'm obsessed with that test. Uh, it's a Gallup Strengths Finder test that I've done probably six or seven times over the course of the past decade or so, maybe a little bit more. And I'm not familiar uh, with that. I'm going to take, oh, I'm gonna take okay. notes because I got these follow-up questions, but I, wanna, I don't want to interrupt your stride like I did last time. Okay, so uh, Dave, it's, you know, if you've ever done like a Myers-Briggs test or a disc assessment or Enneagram, whatever, it's a personality test, essentially, you okay. answer it's about, uh, 60 to 90 minutes and you answer all these different questions and then it tells you what your top five strengths are. And in Best Buy and Microsoft, both actually, they use it for their leadership teams so that you know in your team of, you know, four or five leaders who are running the store, what is each person's strengths so you know who you can lean on for you need the person who's going to bring harmony to the team, for example, if you need the person who's your rah-rah motivator, if you need the person who's going to, uh, you know, activate or the competitive person, whatever. Anyway, there's all these different, there's about 35, I want to say, maybe different ones. Mine, my top strength has always come back as strategic. So uh, I'm a very... You didn't come out as like a hip, cool chick nerd? It was like cool, hip, chick nerd and then 1.5 was always been strategic. <laughs> so strategic. yeah, um, yeah, yep, strategic. So I really love strategy that comes naturally for me. Everything in my brain, no matter what it is, a personal situation, if I'm helping a friend or in you know business or with my family, whatever, I'm always looking uh, for the best solution where I see all the puzzle pieces and I wonder how do they all fit together. So um, anyway, I. Uh, I just got off on my own tangent and now I can't remember. Oh, um, so, so strengths finder, uh, 
No, I lost my train of thought. Okay, well, I, I got to follow up real quick one here. Um, oh, marketing. Thank you. <laughs> when it comes to like Instagram and and um, you know some of the social media marketing uh, tools that are out there, um, I've been suggested to by Brad that I should probably really kind of involve my personal personal life, my personality, I guess, in my feed. But um, really what I do is I really don't do social media marketing at all except when I'm in business and just running the business. And then it's the pictures of the people, the customers, the boaters, what's happening on the water and, and that. Now, do you involve your personal, do you, your personality in your feeds at all? Or is it all just the camera facing away from you? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so there, there are different strategies that work for different people here. Of course, if you're in a service-based business, I think it's always of benefit to include yourself to a certain extent. You know, people buy an experience. People want to know why, like, why would they come to you over some other boat tour guy, right? Well, dude, you look like you were in an 80s rock band, and I think that's pretty rad. So <laughs> if I saw you, knew a little more about you and your background, and, man, you've got a contagious smile. I'm being totally genuine with you right now. So if you chatted with your audience and told them a little bit about what you're doing, what the weather's like, what you look for, you know, giving them tidbits of information of why you do what you do. There's a reason why you got into it. Um, they'll really engage with that where I found the, and again, so I, I now remember where I was getting with the whole strategic thing. Um, I basically just follow the flows as it goes. So Instagram was the platform made for photographers. So I just thought logically I'd start there and Facebook because I've just always used Facebook and I would just kind of see what would work if I posted something here. Do I post five images, a whole album, or do I post one image? What gets better? Mm. Uh, as you as you both know, running your own business, you, wearing all of the hats becomes really hard. So all of a sudden, once you're actually dealing front facing with clients and we sell prints and do all sorts of stuff and we travel a lot. So then it becomes a lot to all of a sudden also be making sure your social feeds look absolutely perfect and you're using all the right hashtags and blah, blah, blah. So um, stories is where I'm getting at for you, Dave. Stories have been a just absolutely huge benefit to us because it's a really simple, easy, fast way to get on, chat with people. And I love hearing the feedback from our clients or potential clients or people who don't even know us or people who do know us saying, I just love watching your stories. Like it just cracks me up. It puts a smile on my face. Like I feel like I'm in the room with you. And I think my favorite is when we book a client or meet a new person. I've been stopped. Naples is a weird small town. Like it, it doesn't feel small, but it's small. I've been stopped at the grocery store. People saying like, I follow you on Instagram. And like, I think I feel like I know you before I even know you because I just, <laughs> I, I always talk. And it's, I've got a, a handful of stories at this point, which cracks me up because I'm like, I'm nobody, like not in a putting myself down way. I'm just like, you know what I mean? But the fact that people around actually have through a few degrees of separation, know our page or whatever and enjoy those stories brings me joy. So I, I would I suggest like, I have one experience from that, uh, kind of on the same line. So uh, have you seen the picture that I took of the clock tower with the lightning strike behind it? That's a great shot. Maybe, I don't know, maybe not. I'll send it, it to you later. Yeah, I put it on social media. It was, uh, you know, I make a lot of videos that get a lot of attention, but few photos that I take that get well noticed. <clears throat> Anyways, there was uh, our our city hall has a big clock tower on the top of it. Um, it's very reminiscent of the clock tower in Back to the Future. I'm a major Back to the Future nerd. Um, and it, they had just got an upgrade where they had like LEDs around 
uh, LED bulbs around the clock face. And so I wanted to take a picture of it at night. It just so happened it was the perfect storm. There was lightning on top of it. And so it was like, I mean, I was like in crazy lucky Nirvana. Yeah. So I got this shot with lightning coming down on top of the clock tower, not hitting it, but just kind of over it. Anyways, shared it. Um, where was I going? Oh, when I was taking that picture, though, you know, I'm there for like, I was probably out there probably for a good hour. Um, and at one point, right before it started raining, this lady who had just come out of some sort of establishment where she was obviously drinking was like, hey, what are you doing? And I just kind of was trying to like briefly explain it. And then she interrupts me. She was like, hey, aren't you the guy that makes those videos on Facebook? And I'm like, yep. That's me. That's exactly what I do. And, you know, it was just it was just such a funny, random, like, kind of like had to be there in the moment kind of thing. But I yeah. guess if you over-explain it, it's kind of funny also. But in the same context of people seeing you in the grocery store, I guess it's kind of the same. See, I, I haven't gotten into stories or, or video really yet. So that's something I, I kind of like to do for this next season when it comes out. We, we made that ad together, though. Have you, have you used that anywhere? I haven't. Or, you haven't used it anywhere. No. Yeah, so I guess maybe uh, when... Things kind of open back up. You should put that. You should put that video out as an ad. We did this ad together where we kind of like um, we were kind of like walking, and he was kind of like, "Hey, I got some like relatives coming down, and I'm not really sure like what to do with them." And and then like he turns into like Captain Dave mode. He's like, "Oh, come on, cruising his boat It's like a little longer than that, but that was kind of the premise of it. Hey, all right, I got some follow up questions for you. How come? Is there a reason you don't use Instagram highlights? So I don't see any highlights on your thing. Like there must be a specific reason you don't. What What are those? Dave. All right. All right. Hey, I'm the. All right. Go ahead. Instagram workshop later. Well, first I want to say, Dave. I think that um, I was actually I, I had a mastermind call with a uh, with a few. I'm, I'm in a mastermind with a few different photographers around the country, and yesterday we had our monthly call and. One of the women was very much like you, asking a lot of questions about social media, and she and she just she says she's not really. What's a like? No, no, not like that. She just doesn't love it. It's not her jam to just hop on and be consistently sure. on there. And 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 hey, your your client might not be there. That might not be where you're going to find who you need to find anyway. Or if it feels inauthentic, then don't do it. But a nice way to see if you like it, honestly, is stories. They only live for 24 hours. You can delete it if you don't like it. Like it's not a big deal. Just go forth with it. Have fun with it. Um, so anyway, highlights, Brad. So basically, uh, Dave, let me answer for you first. If you go to somebody's Instagram page, uh, their feed, as it's called, you'll see their. Dang, always at the Circles. crucial point. Circles, they're highlights. Oh, sorry. Did I no, cut you, so it's <laughs> So it's text that is actually he, he highlighted? It's like every word and then you cut out. Oh, sorry. I don't know why that's happening. <laughs> uh, so the, the there are highlights and the highlights you can categorize. So like if I wanted to have a highlight that only showed examples of weddings or a highlight that showed only examples of families or highlights that showed only behind the scenes then somebody could just click on that highlight and only look at that topic oh, so it's like a hashtag kind of that's a that's a good way to think of it in a way absolutely it you absolutely it's like your personal hashtags on your feed i think that's a great way to think of it okay um, and then you've got your feed so brad great question here's why uh there's not really a specific reason so far I, I want to do it, but here is my biggest um, opportunity as a 
I don't know, as a person, I guess, one of one of them is uh, I have a very all or nothing mentality. So when I think of doing a project, I am very bad at chunking it, to be honest. I think of it all the way through and I think of how much it is. And then I'm like, well, I want to do it perfectly. And especially with highlights, we have the archive for our stories that goes back like how long? So I could literally like, how long is it going to take me to go through that and decide what I want to put in my highlights and what do I want the highlights to be? And I mean, I just really overthink the thing. Mm -hmm. And instead of thinking it and deciding, you know, why don't you just make one highlight today? And why don't you just make one highlight tomorrow? I, I don't do that. I just haven't done that. That perfectly explains. And I actually have a quick follow up thought on that. But did you, I, I need to talk about this rewind. Did you say chunk it? Chunk, chunk it like time walking. Uh, okay. Are you listening to the office ladies podcast? No, no. Oh, this is so weird. Wow. Okay. So wait, first of all, you should be listening to the do you like did you like the office? No, I'm not an oh, office. Oh, you were an office watcher. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh I mean, The Office was like my favorite TV show and uh, they have this podcast thing. Anyways. Um, I've heard good things. <clears throat> yeah, actually maybe if you don't even like The Office, it might it might be an interesting podcast for you, but uh, one of the ladies, Angela Kinsey. She's originally from Texas, and she's cons on the podcast. She's like, cons do you listen to it, Dave? No, no. I, th I thought maybe you did. Um, she's constantly saying like a different version of the word. Like I would probably have said chuck it, but she says chunk it. It's and a it's a hip cool thing, Brad. You know, it's for the <laughs> yeah. Like she says like other like I guess it's like Texas things. So that's why I thought when you said that I'm like oh maybe she's like subtly dropping an Office Ladies podcast reference, but never mind. Um, nope. But let me. Hey, just I'm gonna take a gamble that when you relaunched your website. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were talking. I'm sorry. You had no, 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 no. I know it. There's a there's a delay. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say that the other reason I guess that it hasn't reached the top of the priority list because it is something I want to do, and this gets into I think it's in important for marketing and for strategizing for your business. I don't. Instagram is not the main source of, of where my clients come from. I think my clients sure. love to see our Instagram, love to see what we're up to, but we're really very high percentage word of mouth and I would love for it to spread out a little bit more. I don't like to have all my eggs in one basket, but that's just what's organically happened. And so I, I prefer keeping my person to person relationships, those face to faces, those personal relationships strong versus putting a, a lot a lot of effort into something that what's it gonna, what's the return going to be like when i have some free time it's going to happen maybe even in the next few weeks it will happen it's on my list but yeah that, that's one of the other reasons it hasn't happened. here's here, here's how i can make a testament to the you know the whole face to face and building really personal you know uh, deep personal relationships you'll be able to answer this for me but all right how many different destination weddings have you done and you know that are well outside florida I would have to just start listing them. That's the only way. I've we probably right, done less or more than twenty. No, we're probably at like fifteen, maybe maybe between ten and fifteen. Um, All right, and but you also le less or more than five different destinations. Oh, more than five different destinations for sure. Where are you going with this? Oh, I'm just indicating. I mean, um, I just think that if okay, like you know the one you just did in Bora Bora. I mean, I just think that if someone's going to pay you to go to even another state or as far as like a place like Bora Bora, um, 
it's not something just kind of like, oh, like, oh, I've heard you're like a pretty good photographer, I guess, maybe. Like, I couldn't find anybody else to do it. Like, this is obviously the person that they want to work with, you know what I mean? Um, so that's that's kind of where I was going with it, is like the referral pieces. Someone's like, yeah, like if you want someone at your place in Bora Bora, like this is the person you have to go with. So I think I'd let, I, I'm glad you said that. I do think that having some consistent marketing to show your the consistency that you put out so people know what they're getting is important, especially with a destination situation. And Naples is a high destination, high traffic for destination, right? So it, it's like paradise down here. People come down here to get married all the time. I want to make a couple notes. First of all, we are not high volume in anything that we do, uh, especially with our weddings. We Our goal is one to two weddings per month, tops. Uh, and if we're traveling, then I might only want to do the one that month. You know, it just depends on where it's taking us and what's going on. We like to be very selective in what we what jobs we take simply because we put a lot into it. Now that we've been doing this five years, every wedding planner who I work with, um, most other even photographers, when I talk to them, they're like, man, you kind of do like a lot more than just the photography piece. Like I get really involved with the timeline planning. I, I get really like most of our couples are good friends of ours now. It's just a lot more involved than just getting there, you know, shooting. And I mean, most photographers, I think, do um, if they're doing their job well and they want to make their clients comfortable and they want to do their thing uh, best that they can that day, they do build a relationship, of course. But we just kind of take it next level. That's that's like I everything that I do, I kind of take it as far as I can take it. So, uh, and and I think also just noting that when we first started the business, I thought, well, the seasons down here, we only have two seasons in Florida, right? It's rainy season and dry season. So from October to about May, that's the wedding season down here. And then May to about October is New England. So having being from Boston, still having family and a lot of friends up there, I said to Matt, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we, um, you know, they're called snowbirds down here. I don't know if you, I don't think you call them snowbirds in North Carolina, but I know uh, we have- halfbacks here. Yeah, halfbacks, right, I was gonna say. Um, I knew that term, but uh, so we kind of decided, why don't we just try to snowbird it and shoot as many weddings as we can up in the New England area or wherever it takes us where, when there's not much going on down here. So that, that sort of just organically started happening. And then our first international one was Cancun in 2017. Uh, and then we, we've done LA and Asheville and Arizona and Bora Bora was for sure the farthest. Uh, and we'd love to do Europe. And so we'll just see where it takes us, man. I, I basically, when I see something, actually when I see a couple get engaged who I know we would jive with and I know already likes our work and I, I just think we'd be a good fit, I just put myself out there. And I'm like, hey, I think, I think like at least give us a chance, let's chat about it. Sometimes they book us, sometimes they don't. That's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm so hip. I say like that's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> when you uh, when you did your first international like Cancun, because I mean like I think even like in Massachusetts, it's probably not inconvenient. Or I mean, packing up your gear is probably a, you know a good amount of work to travel that far, depending if you're driving or flying. But um, but it's like you kind of know that area, I guess. But the first time you did an international one, like in Cancun, what kind of feeling did you have? And you're just kind of like, wow, this person could probably have like flown anyone out here. You know, it's like, but they chose me. Like, 
Like, I know what kind of feeling that I would have. Like, how did that make you feel? Dang. <laughs> yeah, man. It, it, we, Matt and I try and live in, so I, I, Matt shoots all weddings with me. I just want to, I, I know at least I said that we shot our first wedding together in 2015, but that's, while he's a professor still actually full time, we shoot all weddings together. So, uh, we try to live in gratitude with everything that we do, but especially with the business, any opportunity that we get, it's always like, man, these people could have gone with anybody and they chose to go with us. And that's, that means something. So then we're just really going to give you our all. And I remember I had never even wanted to go to Mexico. You know, Cancun is one of those like destinations that we to, it's a spring break thing, whatever. But I had, Oh, Whoa. I think my cat may have just was made that happen. Cat? That's own. No, I don't know. I don't That was crazy. One of our frames just fell, and there's glass on the floor. Ooh. Sorry, everybody, that was very oh, loud. Boy. Anyway, our cats are okay, um, but anyway, that was <laughs> unexpected. Um, so, yeah, we were just super grateful, and that was actually, that bride was a, um, I grew up in Everybody's hung. Sarah, I feel like. You're back. Am I frozen again? You're good. Okay. You're good. Uh, I just she was a great example. I thought it would be super fun to shoot her wedding. And so I reached out and I was like, hey, we've never done an international wedding, but I think this would be really fun. And I think we'd be a great fit. And she's like, I agree. All right, awesome. Let's do this. So that was really fun. And then, um, you know, Bora Bora, that one, uh, we knew the bride from a nonprofit that we work with. So I'd like to just point from a marketing perspective. And this is not a marketing ploy, if you will, or anything. This is just, I think, a for me, a really authentic example of doing your work for a purpose bigger than yourself that then pulls you forward versus being pushed by someone or something. And something that's really important to us is giving back to our, uh, our local community. So we give back 5% of our sales to four nonprofits here in Naples. And um, Brad, that was a perfect time to switch the camera. I don't know if that was intentional or if I'm frozen or what the hell is going on, but I'm going to keep talking. Um, this sticker right here is uh, our nonprofit heart. I call it our nonprofit family. So we give back to these four nonprofits um, here. And Rio, the bride from Bora Bora, I met her through working with. Oh, I'm doing trying to do this this nonprofit. <laughs> and um, we had actually gone to Peru with her a few years before. Totally different story having to do with that nonprofit, but. Um, I did a photo shoot for her 11-year-old daughter and their and her three best friends. So it was really fun. We just did this fun best friends beach shoot. And um, I then found out they were getting married in Bora Bora. And I thought, man, that would be sick. But honestly, I thought it was out of my league. I did as as badly as I wanted that gig. I didn't even think I didn't even think to offer us because I was like, yo, that's like legit on the other side of the world. Like if you look Bora Bora up on a map and then you zoom out, you can't even see it anymore. The land just disappears and you're just in the middle of the water. And I just thought, man, wow, that's crazy. I wonder who's going to shoot that. Can't wait to see the photos. And then uh, she was in our gallery and space with us. And um, she looked at me and she said, hey, I was wondering if you could, uh, if, if we could talk about you guys coming out and shooting our wedding. And I was like, keep it cool. Keep it cool. Everything's fine. Yes. I can do that. Um, so it was, it, that was an incredibly humbling and such a cool thing. And, and that was like 18 months before we went. So then there was like all these conversations and figuring out okay. all the details. And, and finally when it came, we were like, holy crap, like we're doing this. This is so cool. So yeah, never lost on me or us how grateful we are for would you, all the would you, would you get on a plane now to do that? 
this this moment in time within the next month or two uh absolutely i mean if there were a wedding and like all of travel bans were lifted and stuff heck yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but by the way dave's i don't know why but dave's camera's frozen so whenever i switch to him it's just going to be like a still image of him but at least you got my good side yeah so just just an fyi uh, actually, okay. thank you so much for bringing that up, though, because that, that was on my little note here to talk about was your uh, give back uh, thing there. I I don't think you – I'm sorry if I'm, I'm bad at paying attention to this, but I don't think you did. I was really trying to, like, key in on here. Um, but I don't think you mentioned the fact that your clients get to pick um, the charity, right? Yeah, so the way that you it did. works okay, is – all right, good. <laughs> Well, I didn't, I didn't actually, I don't think I, I didn't mention it when my little spiel just then, but uh, the idea from the beginning was always if a client feels more connected with one nonprofit over another, and we organically chose those nonprofits, but also it sort of started happening that they were all in kind of different verticals, if you will. They, you know, one is, one helps to give back people struggling with cancer, another one is for poverty, another one is for uh, teenage girls, you know, so they're, they're all different and some people just connect more with one over the other so I always give people the option and sometimes honestly I I wouldn't say more often maybe 50 50 people just say just split split it and give it to all four so we do that that's cool yeah but you do that for every client though every like single you give client back from every, every job and it's five percent of every sale it's not profits that's a question I get sometimes too um, the one I mean maybe downside for the client is they can't uh, they can't write it off on their taxes. Like most, I've never had anybody be like, I will not, I don't want to give my donation because I can't write it off or anything. But sometimes they ask and I'm like, no, sorry. Cause it's, we're, we're the ones who are then cutting that check obviously. But, uh, yeah, every, every dollar that comes in, we put that aside. And at the end of each quarter we pay it out. I'm actually getting in the, this coming, that's like one of my favorite things to do. That's awesome. Yeah, when I when I first started seeing you guys doing the uh, the, the give back thing, and you had all you were kind of organizing the the heart there, because uh, I remember you know you, you had a couple of them, and then you kind of were starting to fill it in. I was like, that's just like, it's cool, it's hip. <laughs> Thanks. It's a cool hip thing to do. <laughs> um, you and you also already touched upon. Um, some like non-social marketing, right? Because I think you do a great job of not, you know, social, but the, I would guess, I guess I would just say traditional marketing. For instance, like the new booth. I mean, I think that's a great, I think that's a great uh, marketing angle. Um, what are some other things that you do? Okay, so a marketing piece is going to be your give back, right? And then you also have the new booth. Is there anything else that maybe I'm not aware of that you do that's just, it's not necessarily like a hey, this is an Instagrammable kind of thing. This is just like a thing that makes people remember you, right? Like, what are some other things you do? That's a great question. Uh, actually, I have an example down here. I'm gonna disappear for one sec so I can get it. It's under the table. Um, so, within the first, um, gosh, honestly, like two months maybe of starting the business, I got a message from a uh, this local new community magazine. I don't know if you guys have one in New Bern, but uh, there are yeah. a few different companies that do it. One is called, one big one that people know is called N2. There's one called Best Version Media, which is the one that we do photos for. And this um, 
so they, they reached out and they said, hey, we're starting this new, These they were actually starting two new community magazines and two separate groups of communities. And basically the way that it works is the photographer takes the cover story photo. They feature a different family on the cover each month and then do a, a story about them inside and we do photos for it. And um, the idea is, you know, you have the opportunity to sell the photos to the family after should they choose to buy photos. Um, but there's no obligation there. And you basically just get to have your name on it and you get a little like eighth page ad. They're like, we give you an eighth page ad. And I'm like, what? Who cares about the eighth page ad when your photos are like on the cover and all throughout the story, you know? So anyway, this is the kind of thing I'm talking about. It's it's a cute little thing. It's it's um it is sponsored by local businesses. So the families in whichever communities it serves receive this for free and they get to see, you know, what businesses have advertised to put the business the the magazine together. So people say that print media is dead, but Apparently, this magazine has a pretty high open rate because it's got your local neighbors on the cover. And who doesn't want to see why their neighbors have been featured and what their story is? So that's been really great. We've, we, Over the course of the last three years, we've done three different magazines. We can now only do this one because we just got too busy to be able to keep up with all of them. But each month, we serve one family. We photograph them for the magazine. And then if they choose to... Uh, buy the photos, great. If they don't, that's okay too. And when we first started, I thought, gosh, what a gift to have this opportunity uh, get just like plopped in our lap, basically. Of course, I'll take some leads, if you will, and, and uh, see where it goes. It was a great um, opportunity for us to practice our process of how we wanted to offer wall art and offer album sales and all that kind of thing. Like, what are we going to do? How's this going to look? Uh, and it's it's been really fun. So now, while I can't tell you for sure that someone has opened this magazine, seen our ad and said, I'm going to call these people right now. I can tell you that I'll meet people and they'll say, Newbeck, yeah, I know that name. Oh, you know what? I think you shoot that magazine, right? That's It's it's one of those, you know, whatever they say, you, people have to see your logo seven times, ten times, whatever, sure. until they trust you. For me, I just knew that, especially in this town, what I've learned is it's very loyal. There are a lot of people who have been talented photographers, talented in, in all industries is the same story who have been around for decades and people have a lot of loyalty to those people. And I'm not going to expect someone to just hop off one bandwagon onto mine or why should people trust us? And so, uh, I figured, Hey, the more people see that we're here and we're not messing around and we're here to stay and we're entrenched in the community and we care about it. Uh, the hope is that they'll want to work with us. So, sure. yeah. So, uh, here's another question. So this is, I mean, this probably lends into a marketing habit, but um, why did you open up a gallery? You know, so, so it's been what, two years now, I think recently you just celebrated a two year anniversary of the gallery that you opened. How, how big is the studio space there? So, okay. That's two sort of different. <laughs> it's definitely two questions. How big is it? And why did you open it? Itself. Um, yeah. So let's start with why I opened it real quick. So we, there are two kind of, there's no industry standard with photography, but there are two kind of avenues you can go should you choose that you want photos. So Brad, you as a family man, if you decided you wanted photography, you could go find yourself a really talented, maybe well, photographer, whether they're a stay-at-home mom or they do it full-time, whatever. Usually it's somebody who's doing it part-time who's just going to take your photos, give you the digital files and say, see you later. Bye. Thank you for that. 
Then there's the other avenue of people who, like myself, who are in it to really create a full experience, like beginning to end. I want to help you choose your outfits. I want to help you choose your location. I want to help you match your wall art to your decor. I want to create you gallery walls on your empty wall space. I want to make you those recommendations. I want a, a album on your coffee table. I mean, like I want to help you do all of the things. And obviously that's going to be a larger investment because it's a, that's a long term. Like we're creating new stuff that is going to last you forever. You're going to hand down to your kids. Right. Um, and then our, uh, I think any photographer should, and any photographer who is in business has clients, they're good at, they should be good at making you feel comfortable in front of the camera. That's gotta be like numero uno. So we're not special in that necessarily, but I do think that our, we, I, I'm very intentional in that every image that we put forward or that we give to a client should really make you feel something. It shouldn't just be a, a, a picture that you could have taken yourself on your phone or your camera. Like I'm very in it to create a super authentic snapshot of who you are as a family, who you are as a person, what your story is. So anyway, um, with those two avenues in mind, what I used to do before I had the gallery was I would have a photo shoot. And then I would go to the client's home. I would set up a, a projection screen or plug into their TV to show them the images there. And then we would select what they wanted. Now, pro of that is you're in their home. So I can turn and say, hey, you should put something on this wall, right? Con is that if you plug your laptop into somebody's TV, the colors don't look right the vast majority of the time, which is frustrating. Um, some people's living rooms don't have enough space for the projector to go where it needs to be. And their dog is chewing on your cord and there's no extension cord. I mean, it was just like a pain and you have to bring samples with you. Like I didn't enjoy any of that. It was too much work. Sure. Uh, and so there's a better way. And also I just got this vision of like, I want to be able to show people what we can create on their walls and not just digitally. So I got this vision to create, you know, some different wall art. I wish I could be there right now to show you, but, um, I, uh, I guess I could be there, but anyway, um, to show a few different samples of, of collages we put together and people can see the kind of wall art that we offer. And so at that point when we did that too, I didn't want to shoot in studio. It's not my favorite kind of photography. So I said, we're not even going to have a studio space. It's fine. We're just going to have a gallery space. And that's why I called it a gallery. Awesome. I didn't, you say studio, people automatically think you're shooting. I didn't want people right. to get confused with that. And also most photographers hmm, uh, who smart. have a studio that I've been into, you go in, it's mostly studio, and then there's some wall art on the walls. We are first, look at all this beautiful art, we can create this for you, now let's talk about how to do that. Um, yeah. But about in the last uh, year, we took, so it's, it's 1,100 square feet, the whole space, I wanna say, and then Matt, how big is the studio space? Quarter of it. Probably, oh, probably maybe like a, a quarter of it. I don't think. 20% of it? Maybe 20% of it is a studio. Maybe like 18 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's uh, Matt really enjoys. It's funny, Brad, that you called me a techie nerd. There are certain things I can be techie nerdy about. I used to enjoy it more when it was my, you know, when it was Best Buy. Like, I like to be great at what I do. So I wanted mm. to know all the things and I would really immerse myself. It's just not what I do as much anymore. I don't need to know as much. Um, Very similar. But, Matt loves the lighting aspect a lot. And so we've done a lot of education through different webinar classes and on site and different things to teach us, especially him. I mean, I did that stuff in school, but it's a great refresher for me, um, for sure. And so he 
when he's not teaching math or shooting a wedding with me or doing other things or sweeping the floor because a picture frame fell uh, or doing the dishes, then sometimes he likes to dabble in studio photography. And I do too sometimes too. So if, if a client comes to us and says, hey, I want you to help me shoot XYZ. Also, I need headshots. Also, what do you think about this? And it's something that we can cater to and do in the studio space, then we do it. But if you look at our Instagram, if you look at our website, because I don't love to do it and I wouldn't want to get an onslaught of requests yep. for something that I ultimately honestly might not be able to deliver on. Uh, yeah. I, um, you know, I was, I'll touch on the studio headshot thing for just a moment. God, I hate studio headshots. I, I just, I don't know. I think maybe if they're like just on a white background, it's okay. But I see, I'm not, um, if, if I was going to be a full-time photographer at this point, like if that was going to be the thing that I was going to go to be, one of one of like my like things to get known for would be like death to like the gradient headshots. I, I mean, I hate those so much, and like, and I and I see people like they're still doing them, and I'm like, oh, I just got my new headshots done, and I'm like cool, like, you're from IBM in 77, you know? Like, that's that's what that reminds me of, you know? I mean, I, I don't know. I guess if they like it and it works for them, it's okay. I mean, I, who am I to judge? But, you know, like, I just worked with, uh, her name is Courtney Freeze Photography. Uh, well, her name is Courtney Freeze, and she's a photographer here in New Bern, and I just worked with her, and she just kind of, we just went through, and she, I mean, I probably got, like, 15 or 20 photos back, and I've been using those on Instagram. Um... I was kind of like, I'm really tired of just taking my own photo. It's super hard to take. I don't know if you've ever tried taking your own photo. It's very, very hard. Even like with having a, a monitor to look at, it's very, very hard. It's like near impossible. But that's mostly what I've done. And so I was like, hey, Courtney, I'm like, let's just work together. Let's just, you know, let's. And we just went out on a Saturday right before quarantine happened. And um, we had a lot of fun and she gave a good deliverable. But, I've um, seen you those. I see you on a brick wall, and you're all happy, and then you're like confused, mm -hmm. and then you're like excited, and it's really great. Yeah, you know what's actually funny is um, when I did those, like with those faces, I didn't intend. I knew I wanted to use some things that almost looked posed, but they weren't posed. Like none of those were posed. Um, but I knew that I wanted to use it as a jump off point for some sort of like message, but the whole, like, I can't take a posed spot. There's like one or two that are in there just to like, Hey, let's just have like a nice, like kind of smiling photo. But the rest were like, I can't do this seriously. Like I, I can't take things like this seriously. And so, yeah, there's like, there's other stuff in there. Like there's one with like me, like up against a whole bunch of tires that I haven't released yet. You know, but it's like we went to like this tire shop and they had all these old tires. And so I'm going to use it as kind of like a like retiring some habits kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, there's just like a bunch of stuff in there that was like I saw these come back and I'm like, oh, I could use it for like this message, you know. And, but, but that's me. That's me, my personality. If a gray background works for you, then by all means do it. And if it helps you in your business, then do it. I just don't think it's for a lot of people. That's just my personal semi-professional opinion. Well, I, if I could touch on that real quick, I do actually agree with you for the most part. I, um, again, I, there can be a time and place. I think that it's really important to make sure that you've got a solid 
brand vision. By the way, while I'm talking, I just want to say that Dave, I miss seeing your face. Is all I just want you to. Oh, sorry. Right. Let, let, let me try and. Um, I love that you just pointed that out. Let I me try and uh, just, just keep just keep talking, and I will try and bring him back. I'm still here. Okay, I'm gonna keep. I'm. Gonna, I really do like what you're frozen on, though. He looks like super cool. Okay, so well, let, let me put um, him in the right position then, at least. Everything keep that you going. just said, Brian. I do think that there can be a time and place for those kinds of in-studio shots, and uh, that's. I actually enjoy doing it if we're getting artsy with it. Uh, like we worked with an, uh, an esthetician. She's not an esthetician. She's a. Um, she runs a med spa, so she's actually technically a doctor, but she does, you know, I don't know, whatever you do at a med spa, Botox and all those other things. I was going to say Botox first, but I know they do other things. Anyway. There you go. Um, and we did, we got kind of like really fun, not a full high fashion, but we got like artsy with it and she was willing to get creative and it was white backdrop. We did a lot of black and white and that was really fun. And that's the kind of thing that I would enjoy doing, but just doing the like, okay, stand up and put your shoulder forward and that kind of uncomfortable stuff I don't enjoy. The other part actually that I just realized I think is a good marketing um, tip uh, that we did that we learned from a Tony Robbins event that we went to. Uh, <laughs> love Tony Robbins. <laughs> yep, love Tony Robbins. Big I used to listen to, going back 20 years ago, I bought his, uh, his, one of his classes on audio cassette tapes. They may you you guys may not know what those are, but um. Oh, here we go. He just he just dropped an age joke. Here we go. I have one of his CDs in my car, and actually, it's like because the only place I have a CD player. But the funny, it's been in there for way too long at this point because it reached a point where he says, "If you're listening to this in your car, it's about to get pretty overwhelming because I'm going to ask you to write some stuff down. So you should really listen to this somewhere else." And I'm like, I have nowhere else to listen to it. So now, like sometimes <laughs> if it just kicks to my CD player, I'm like, I basically have this CD memorized. Um, but I love Tony. So we've gone to two of his events. We went to his Unleash the Power Within, uh, affectionately known as UPW event back in July of 2018. And then we went to Business Mastery last year. I won't get on into all the details, but at Unleash the Power Within, he had this guy named Mikey get up on stage and talk about why you should go to Business Mastery. Part of what convinced us to go, actually. And it was both of them were incredibly worth it. But uh, I learned this tactic from him, this idea that worked really well for him. He owned a, me a scrap metal company or something. Totally has nothing to do with what we do at all. But he said, if you can think of 10 clients who would absolutely change your business, change your life, just that totally out there, who if you could get that client, oh my God, like what would that do to your lifestyle? What would it do to your business, to your brand, et cetera? Think of those 10 people or however many it is that you're able to come up with, but probably no more than 10. And then put together no more than a five minute video explaining to them why they should work with you, what your differentiators are and who you are. Like, you know, why would they want to work with you? And so I said to Matt, you know, something that I actually really do enjoy. And at that time we were doing a few different small schools for their school photography. And I really enjoy doing that because I when people come to me and say, I hate having my photo taken, I'm like, listen, you're you're not unique, by the way. No one likes having their photo taken. That's like, mm. that's I hear that all the time. And it's a shame. There's no reason for it. But then I start to think, why is that? Mm. And uh, if I think back to school photos, you were we were tortured all school, right? Every single year, 
once or twice a year, you get in front of this awkward, bright light. You look stupid after. Half the time, your your eyes are closed. The person, the photographer, a lot of the time had no personality, was not really nice. They were just clicking a button. They're probably making 10 bucks an hour and just didn't care. And yeah. so I decided, I thought it would be- the setup the same for everyone. Yes, and it's so ugly with the pink background and the blue background and the green background. And I was like, I still go to friends' houses right now in 2017, 18, whatever the year was, and people still have those photos framed. What are you doing? Like, who likes that background? I don't understand. Or like the fake, you know, American flag behind you or the fake, like even beach or whatever. It's just so strange to me, those green screen photos. So I decided, why don't we try to do it differently? So I said, we're going to do that. We're going to do the the five minute video, which, oh my God, Brad, you'll laugh at this because I scripted it a little too much. And so I thought it needed to be perfect. And I, when I tell you that there was one point that it took us like 60 takes to get something right. And I was like in tears by the end of it. Uh, that's real true story. Matt was like, you're fine, babe. You're doing great. I, he wanted to kill me. I'm certain, but we got it done and we sent it out to 10 different schools here in the area. And, you know, a handful of them said, a couple of them just straight up said no. I think actually one of them only said straight up, like, for whatever reason, just thank you, but no thank you. A few other ones said, hey, we've been using the same photographer for like 10 years. We're very loyal to them. So thank you. We'll keep you in mind for the future. And then uh, we were able to book one of them. And it was our largest school thus far, 550 students. We photographed them last fall. And then we've done all their athletics throughout the year gigantic learning curve it it um and that's i love throwing myself into learning situations like that and then figuring out how to make it the best experience for everybody um and it was really cool so and one of the suggestions by the way when you do this is you're supposed to send it on a physical flash drive that like you know stands out so we we had these wooden flash drives we'd had made with our logo on them so we sent it in that and a little gift of some sort so like he had sent like a golden dollar or something i don't know exactly we went to one of our local nonprofits and purchased 10 of their kind of give back pieces and and said, Hey, this is something that we give back. And honestly, I also thought it was a really cool opportunity to teach children young about the ability to give back and what some organizations in their local community are. And that with something as simple as your school photos, you could be giving back to people who need it. So anyway, that that's a, a marketing tactic that I have. I hate calling it a ca- tactic. It sounds like grimy that way. It's just a it's some it's an idea. Sorry. It's something that could could help you. And listen, like I want to work with us. I want people who want to work with us and believe in what we do to to do that. So did I just cut out again? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Quick question. Oh, Dave's got a question. Yeah. And, and and Dave's live again. Hold on. And we're going to Dave. Okay, it's a Tony Robbins thing that you went to. Did you? Did you um, I was. I think I heard somewhere that one of the exercises you do is you had to walk on coal, live um, red hot coal. You did that. Yep, you walk on fire. Yeah, absolutely. And then some people then like actually identify as fire walkers after that experience. I don't do that. People will meet me and be like, "Oh, fellow fire walker," and I'm like, "Yes, I did that, but I don't feel the need." <laughs> call myself that but yeah it's really cool dude it's um that one you do at unleash the power within that was the first Mm -hmm. one we went to UPW. you do that actually on the first night that you're there after a long ass like 12 hour day uh you spend the last couple of hours he teaches you how to get into the proper mindset to do it and then it's like six to eight feet long of coals i can't remember how long and they're 
that's no joke. There's people waiting at the end of it with hoses to hose down your feet because coals get stuck in between your toes sometimes. And um, I, I got a little. Sorry, I, lo- I love the guy, but I don't. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> uh, well, sure I you didn't think you could do that, and then you did it. I guess that's kind of the point. It, uh, it's the whole point is for you to realize you can do absolutely anything that you want to do if you set your mind to it. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. But most people do it. Um, and there's, you know, there's like a Facebook group for what when you're in, at that event. And there were people Is in there. Firewalkers. No, no. But uh, there were some people who were like, I'm not going to do the firewalking because I had a bad experience with fire as a child or whatever. And like, you know, there's going to be reasons sure. that people don't. And that's fine. Sure. But most people do. And it, it's it's cool. It's empowering for sure. That's cool. Hey, actually, I want to um, backtrack to something else really quick. Uh, I had written down a note when we were talking about the highlights, why you don't do that, because you really want it to be perfect and you can't chunk it and stuff. But you were also talking about perfectionism and something else. Uh, you recently or like a few years ago, you had like recently redone your website or someone had done a web. So- someone had made a website for you. So I'm going to take a guess just from being in the web design space. I'm going to take a guess. It did not go live until you really had stamped it to like go live. Yeah, for sure. And then, do you want to, as a web designer, I don't know if you've looked at it. Do you want to guess when the last time it was updated was? Um, I haven't looked at it. I can't. I can pull it up in a moment. But, um, actually, you know what? It's too long. The answer is too long. That's one of those things when you're wearing all of the hats that for me just really got, oh, no, don't pull it up so I can see it. I don't like looking at it, <laughs> um, which like sounds like a terrible thing to say. No, it's actually just newbeck.com. Um, there are not many newbecks in the world, so we were able to take that. Wow, you got newbeck. That's a. Uh, it was updated when you first launched it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, I mean, no, it's. it's you know, it's cool because, because think like, thankfully still people are like, man, I really like your website. It's very pretty. I'm like, thank you so much. But truly it doesn't even, there's nothing on there about the, uh, the gallery. That's embarrassing. There's so much incredible work done over the past few years that is not on there. So I'm actually right now in the process of updating that content. Here's the, here's the reason I mentioned that. Um, most of the clients that I work with from a web design standpoint most of them are in the same thing where you're at where it's kind of like hey let's um basically not launch it until it's like perfectly ready to go my thing uh, but there are some clients that i work with that are this is all right this is my ideal web client uh is to work in a sprint fashion versus this marathon fashion but traditionally just most people that are in business that are like now ready to outsource their web design or kind of like, I want it to be perfect because I'm paying for this now, you know? But in reality, like a website, if you're working with an outsourced person, in my humble opinion, is you should work with someone on a sprint basis where it's like, hey, look, this is just kind of where it's at now, but it's going to change next month. Not the overall design and layout, but like this is going to change constantly. Like we're going to add new interactive things and all that kind of stuff and so i do work with some clients like that but um but anyway so i just think it's kind of funny because i i could tell that that's how you had launched your website based on not putting any highlights up for that one of those reasons was the can't do it until it's gonna be like awesome sauce yeah and it's happening right now with our current site too and i
I'm frozen. Hello, hello. There we go. Okay, oh all right, you're back. Yeah, and, you're and back. by the way, before you get into that thought, I don't think there's anything wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, that works for some people. Like that's not a wrong, right or wrong way. That's just not the way that I like to to work with it. But well, listen, as, as as a student of Tony as well, progress, not perfection. You know, Gary Vee says that all the time too. Big Gary Vee fan. I mean, just actually any real person who's out there trying to push you forward, you can't wait until anything is perfect for it to to launch ever. Uh, but in working on our new website design, if you go to a lot of photographers' websites, there's, they're just so templated and I like really, I really like to try and do things differently. But there's also just the fact that there's something that works. There's the beauty and simplicity too. So I've really had to come to terms with that for myself because my intrinsic way of thinking is it's gotta be out there and different and super unique. And, but it, you know, that can come through in the voice um, more so. and. Um, and, and in the imagery itself. So we work, we're working with a really great guy who I has been incredibly patient and is, is doing a really nice job. So hopefully that new one will be out soon enough. Here's, here's what drives me nuts about a lot of photography websites is it's all photos. It's like, yeah, I get that you're a photographer. I get that's the end product, but it's like, if all I wanted to see was photos, I could just hop in your Instagram, which is probably where I came from in the first place. It's like so I need a what, little more. Anyways, that's just a, a little a, a piece. Thing. So what what um, what do you think should what do you think should be on there besides photos? Like your homepage should probably like if I was designing your homepage right now, it like there'd be a photo like the very top, and then there'd be some sort of cutesy kind of message of basically at the end of the day, and this is just a content strategy thing in general, but um, most people when it comes to a website or anything is they make it about them and not about the end customer. But even more importantly, what you really should make it about is the end feeling that they'll have. So there's like a lot of work that it takes to like figure out that eight or nine words on the very top that's gonna convey the end feeling that your custom, that you want your customer to have. And then that's through visual and imagery as well. But anyways, down the page, I mean, I would, end up seeing like um i would probably like to almost see like a behind the scene photo of like you working with one of your nonprofit organizations so that way it, it like to me like you handing i don't want to say like a check because that's kind of i don't know that's kind of cheesy but like whatever something you would do like in the background like you working with like well fit girls i think it's like one of the ones yeah is it yeah, I, I yeah. have a, I don't have an eidetic memory, but I have like a very very good memory for things. But anyways, um, you know, I would just like to see like whatever you're doing with them, like there's an image of you with one of those nonprofits, and it's like it tells that story visually, and then there's like a quick line, and then below that it's like, you know, we're uh, whatever, like you can come to our gallery, and this is the reason why it's a gallery. But it's like there's just a quick word about that. And it just kind of tells a story of basically why they're working with you, but the feeling that they'll get after working with you instead of just like, here's our best photos. Like, I get it. Brad, Brad is real big on behind the scenes thing here. Oh, I think it's good. Sure. It's not just but behind people, the scenes. It's just, um, it, but people it's love just behind about, the scenes. People yeah. love behind the scenes. Absolutely. I love behind the scenes. Uh, our behind the scenes posts on Instagram typically are the ones that do the best anyway. Uh, it's just a matter of of strategizing around that. But hold on one second, Brad. Brad did yeah, I ask? Yeah, I got you. 
have you and I talked about Donald Miller's story brand? Are you talking about you and me or you and Dave? No. Well, Dave and I just met like an hour ago, so obviously not Dave. You probably haven't. Um, I, we touched on a call a couple of weeks ago. We discussed briefly Donald Miller, and I've yet to get the book. And you actually, okay, you told me to get the book, and I didn't get the book yet. Well, it's very good, and everything you're talking about, it, it will help kind of button up that idea. He's Write really that down. He's got it down. It's really, it's very, very good um, for anybody who's looking to uh, simplify and be confident in their brand messaging. He he does a fantastic job of helping with that here's how i can tell you why behind the scenes are such an impactful um tool are, are you on uh do you have disney plus by chance mm-hmm. yeah okay um have you seen the disney nature series i think so here's my uh here's my issue with documentaries i like don't watch a lot of tv i'm working because then i can't pay attention okay sorry no i haven't seen it yet <laughs> All right. Um, it's I guess it's a doc. I guess you can call it a documentary, but there's um, there's at least three of them. There's an elephant one, a dolphin one, um, a monkey one, right, and a panda one. I think there's a monkey one. I think there might be like four of them, but every single one of them, there's an additional making of these. I mean, it's expensive to a bring that crew up, but they basically had to bring two crews. Like yeah. on the dolphin, yeah, you really do. On the, uh, the oh, the penguin one, there was uh, a team I think of like thirty different people. Uh, okay, Dave's camera actually just died, so. Um, but horrible. there was a team of like thirty people, <laughs> but only half of them were actually documenting the penguins. The other half of them were documenting the people doing the documentary. But the second part of the documentary, the behind the scenes, like, I think it's like even more interesting. I mean, I guess for me because it's like you see these like crazy cameras that not only go underwater but they also go like in water that's like below freezing temperatures it's like oh my god that must be like a hundred thousand dollar camera um but like just some of the crazy stuff that they do to get the 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 one of the dolphins the behind the scenes they show these dolphins off the coast of hawaii that are they call them surfing dolphins the coolest thing ever they literally wait for these waves to come and then you see like 30 dolphins like flying through like they're surfing i mean it's like it's amazing. But um, cool. anyways, I'm just thinking of, you know, why behind the scenes really works. I mean, Disney obviously really leaned into the fact that people, if you see a company like Disney spending that, this is the point I'm making. If you see a company like Disney spending that amount of ungodly money to make these behind the scenes type of things, to me, it's a message to other marketers out there that it's like, I don't know, Disney's a pretty big company and they know what they're doing. Even Honestly, if you don't like them, they definitely know what they're doing to hook you in. For sure. We and we this is like a, a pain point for me, honestly, that we've done a lot of behind the scenes. We actually have quite a few videos already edited or mostly edited. And there's that stupid all or nothing mentality for me. We're not mm. no perfect. Uh, I wanna have the perfect plan in place of when I'm gonna release them. I want the story to come out right. Well, the longer I wait, the longer that thing like I've got this really fun this behind This we did in 1987. I know. So we've, we've got some fun stuff that really, it, it'll come out, it will come out this year. I am spending this time, I'm trying to be as um, sure. mindful and productive with this current time, especially to uh, check off all that stuff on the to-do list that I feel like I never have time for otherwise. So I really hope to buckle down and say, okay, yeah, I'm going to get this stuff out because I, 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 
brought videographers. We've got a couple of videographers who we really love working with and brought them along with us to a handful of jobs and said, hey, just capture us doing behind the scenes and then we'll figure out what we're doing with it later. And my intention was to build this library and know that when I decided to go live with it, I would have a lot of content to sit on. I'd, I'd have evergreen and I wouldn't have to, you know, be scrambling. But now I've got to build that. So, and I'm almost there. I'm almost there, Brad. Hey, so uh, this is, uh, I'm going to have two more kind of quick, like, hot right. take thoughts. And then we'll, because this is actually now the record for the longest. Yeah. But I knew this was going to happen, though. Um, I'm not surprised. But yes, at a timer. Go ahead. Let's finish. Yeah. Uh, just a couple quick hot takes. Um, how cool is it uh, working with the Sugar Shack guys? <laughs> I'm going to have to tell Eddie. I'm gonna, wait, let's let's um, mark what minute we're at so I can tell him to, to come 125. here. Do you know who Sugar Shack Oh, you, you're, you're a music guy. I mean, you should... Um, they make the sugar shack. I call them the sugar. Well, they're the sugar shack sessions. I guess that's what you would call it. Sugar shack sessions uh, is a. So my buddy Eddie, the sugar shack is his house. Uh, it's this cute little house. Honestly, it's a cute little shack, basically. But um, their back deck, his back deck, is super cool, and he's got like cafe lighting and these palms behind you, and basically he just invites. Uh, artists to come on that back deck and play one take sessions and they record it and it started a few years ago I can't remember how many years ago now but essentially he a strategic dude also really smart businessman really good people person just a good-hearted person uh, got together with some friends and said hey I've got this idea I'm also a musician mind you super talented drummer um, he said I'm going to invite artists who I'm interested in uh, who play in Florida. So if you play in Florida, you're going to play Tampa and you're going to play Miami, which means you're going to drive right past Bonita Springs, which is where they live. So he said, frozen. So I'm waiting. You're good. You're good. Okay. You're good. I'm going to make, make you a free couple of videos and I'm just going to promote it on our YouTube channel and you get to share it from there. And so people thought, well, that's rad. I'm going to get free content and man, their production value is next level. Uh, they've got a really solid crew in place. They're super, super fun uh, to work with. Um, I just, I love them. They're, Sounds, uh, they're Sounds awesome, like so. Daryl Hall from the Hollow Notes. He does the same mm -hmm. thing. Oh. He's got a barn, man cave, and he brings in all these, uh, that's cool. you know, Matchbox 20 and, you know, stuff like that. It's really good. So, you know, I found about, I found about Eddie and Sugar Shack from you, actually. You had, like, a few years ago, you had shared one of their things, and I was like, oh, like, oh, this is, like, this is, like, right up my alley. It's, like, involves filmmaking, it involves music, and, I mean, it just, it, it was cool. And, um, I was at a buddy of mine's house, actually, the first time I ever met this guy, um, in, in town here, we were hanging out with him and a friend of mine at his house, and after we went on this boat ride, he was just like playing Alexa music and stuff like that. And he was like, hey, Alexa, play the whatever by the sugar. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so random. Like, he just literally just like, it, you know, so it was just kind of fun to see like kind of how far that kind of like traveled. Like, it was just like a part of his music playlist that he now was like into. Well, that's um, awesome. Sometimes when we leave the house, we don't want to leave the cats in quiet. So we'll, we'll have Google play the Sugar Shacks channel like all day. Uh, yeah. And we actually didn't realize that that's probably really helpful for their views and their listens, but that obviously would be. Um, but no, they so they do those sessions. They also shoot. They're they are a full-on media company now, so they do coverage for like big festivals all over the country and uh, myriad other things. But they're incredibly talented, super good people, and I always use them as an amazing example as far as people say, oh, how do I how do I grow my YouTube channel? How do I grow my yeah. you know 
man, they um, they started last year, I want to say at like maybe 15,000 at the beginning of the year with the goal of hitting 100,000 by the end of the year. And I think it was just after the first of the year that they hit it, but they did. And I think they want to, I want to say they're like 160,000 now or something like that. And it's that consistency and that engagement, but it's really the consistency. Uh, they go, you know, they have two releases per week and you know you're going to get it every week and the content is solid and it's, it, it's great. So yeah, they're awesome. Glad you asked about them. Always cool. big uh, And then a uh, quick, uh, I meant to talk about this a little bit before, but just uh, briefly introduce Mind Squared and kind of what that's about and just people just kind of, because that was like, that's like brand new, like a day ago kind of thing. Yeah, so, so Mindset Squared, I've had a couple different ideas in my head for a few years about doing a podcast just because I really enjoy conversating with people about topics that matter. I always say like, I'm not a good small talk person. Like people are like, hey, how you doing? Like what's going on? And I'm like, so mm. what's the meaning of life? Like, what do you want to do with your life? You know? Yeah. And people are like, oh, hard hitting. No one's that like, whoa. Uh, but I really enjoy that. And Matt does too. So we sort of naturally get into those discussions with people. And naturally people come to us for those kinds of conversations. And um, we've just found over the years that we, we really, really enjoy that. So. Uh, Having done a lot of Tony Robbins type stuff, a lot of personal development, um, I've realized how how stupidly important it is to keep your mind right in, and especially just what we're going through right now, seeing the fear and anxiety and uh, right. the, which are very real feelings that people are having, and they're totally valid. But there are ways to work your way through it, and I have found we have found ways to do that. So I just thought, why don't we just do the why don't we just do it? Uh, and so what we're doing is we're going live on Mondays at 11.30 a.m. I've got a few different guests on each time, two different guests each time, talking about a couple different topics. So we launched this week with anxiety and depression as the topics. Thank you, Brad, for joining. I know you were on for a little bit. We got a nice response. I'm really grateful. I was on for an hour. That, yeah, well, it only went a little bit longer than an hour. It wasn't that much. Uh, but... <laughs> It was, it was great. I got some really great feedback so far. People said it was valuable, so I'm hoping that it will continue to be so going forward. But I'm really proud of myself, honestly, from I've mentioned this all-or-nothing mentality a few times now. Of course, mm. it's what I'm trying to push through. I thought of this last Thursday, and I called a couple people and said, let's make this happen. I just want to do it. And um, so I started on Monday. That's awesome. Cool. I'm a big podcaster. Uh, yeah, so I, also, I think, I think D Dave will probably enjoy uh, listening. D Dave, like, yeah, he's... He loves podcasts. I got well, usually. Go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say you'll hear me, Dave, kind of joking that I, I didn't want to call it a podcast. I was super hesitant because I I didn't want to commit to anything too much because then I'd overthink the thing. So I'm like, we're just oh. having a conversation. But basically, it really is podcast style. And uh, we it. actually I put it on YouTube last night. Uh, the plan is we'll go live on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube um, so that the library can count to five. Can Count to five. I um, this is a. I just um, always walk around with a pair of Bluetooth um, earbuds in my ears, and this is a little plug. But I just got the Jabra seventy five T Elite, I think they're called. And I know you guys are AirPodders, but um, this thing this, it is amazing. It works so good. I'm not an AirPodder actually. I oh, don't you're have not. AirPods. I don't. My ears are weird size, and pods of any type have never really worked well for my ears so i just have a big i have big headphones that i usually use but i don't like to use those for like obviously a podcast setting or, or something where i'm going to be on camera so i don't have a great solution for myself to be honest but i'll have to i used to like jabra back in the day back in the, the these are so days. 
they have this really cool feature that I never knew existed before. But so if you put both of them in, they really kind of seal your ear up pretty good, so you can't hear a whole lot's going out. You tap the left one once, it stops what you're playing, and then it amplifies everything around you. So you can walk down the street, you can see someone's coming by, you just tap it, and all of a sudden now you're listening to the real world. And then you're not having your conversation, and then you tap it again, you just That's carry on. It's really cool. I, I like actually that. bought a second pair of like knockoff AirPods. They were absolutely terrible. It was like um, it basically was two different Bluetooth. So you had a pair each headphone, mm-hmm. and they were supposed to work at the same time. They never did. Yeah, I chucked it as a fifteen dollar loss from basically the equivalent of like a Spencer gifts, but it was like it was like California or something around here. Anyways, yeah, the cheap Chinese terrible. Um, they were terrible. Are, they are. I've gone through like three of them. Terrible. Yeah, and the user but I'm interface. not going to buy a second pair of AirPods just to have a second pair by my bedside. Yeah. Anyway, these are 100, 129, I think. So the you know a little pricey, but well worth it now. But no, by for the sure. way, uh, Melissa, I meant to say. Oh, go ahead. What? Uh, well, I was just going to say. I'm, I'm, maybe you're going to. Are you leaving? Oh, you're. No, 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 no. Yeah, I was just going to say. Th- this was the. Uh, this, this was the, the NDI thing uh, that I was telling you about the with the wireless camera. Um, so it, there you uh, are. <laughs> yeah, so it's basically like yes. an iPhone. You can kind of it's, just bring it on. Your... My bare so bones so my actual Canon battery died. Um, I really got to get like one of those plug-in things. I think they're only like $20. They're not expensive. I could get those. Um, get on so... it. Well, I know that we've gone longer than, than you normally do, cool. which, again, not surprising with me being the guest because I'm long-winded. But I just want to say I know that you guys are – what's the population of Newburn? I know it's, it's small town. 30,000. Right? It's like 30,000. Okay. Is that what it is? Yeah. I thought it was more. So I don't know what I can't even remember what Naples is. Naples, like I said, though, is is really Naples is very unique, especially coming from Boston. It was really cool to come down here and realize mm-hmm. that, like, always, a hundred percent of the time, two degrees of separation, you are going to know somebody yes. who knows. We are, we are one degree of separation here. Yeah, it, it's it's <laughs> Mayberry. It's, it's really small. it's Mayberry. People liken it to Mayberry here, you know, from the Andy Griffith show. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's been really fun. I've loved it. I always thought I was a city girl. I mean, I am still super extroverted, and I and I do enjoy, yeah. you know, people for sure, and, and I, I like being entrenched in the community. And I just want to, for anybody who might be listening who has any desire to uh, create the kind of business that we have that is in a local place, and obviously we, we are based here, but we do also travel, or, or if you don't, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is that you want to do, um, I... Just a big believer in kind of giving some some tangible advice to walk away with, and I think the biggest thing I can say is authenticity is going to win the day 100% of the time. Just do what feels right to you from a social media marketing standpoint, from a regular marketing standpoint. Just do your best to be who you are, because then the people who want to work with you are going to work with you. And if something feels inauthentic, like I don't like you know you uh, Dave are a, a, a boat cruise captain or whatever it is you do well maybe that means that people want to go fishing but you hate fishing I don't know I'm just giving a bad example maybe but uh but you feel like I I should do that because that's something that people want so I've got to do it no you don't you can do whatever you want to do and you make that decision (laughs) good example of that we we do uh, a sunset cruise and so we thought well it'd be really lovely if you you served a little you know some wine and some cheese on the sunset cruise Right. Well, we did that. We live on boats, so we don't have a big refrigeration system. So it was a real pain in the butt to put this together. But then people started calling and ordering. Says we drink uh, Coronas with limes. We'll have those. <laughs> or we want this beer, not something, something, something kind of beer that is only sold in Nashville. And we, after a while, we just said, "F it, okay, <laughs> bring your own stuff." <laughs> See, but Dave, all right. So I, all right, I'm only going to lean on this for just, and then we can get going. Yep. But like I, and I don't know. You're just a different person. So I mean, you you just may not want to like do this. But like if that was me. 
that would basically be a calling sign to like, oh, like I could charge more for this then. Like that would like that's like my immediate that's immediately where I go. And I was like, okay, now the sunset cruises are basically instead of thirty five a person, they are fifty five a person, but it includes this because then even if it is a headache for you, you're you're at least getting paid for that headache, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know like it ends up being like a little more money for the wine or whatever. But it's like if you end up having six people that go, that's you know to me that's like twenty times six, that's like a what is that like a hundred twenty? I'm like Matt. Matt is that a hundred twenty? Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, you know, but it's like 120 extra bucks for like a little bit of a headache, but, but it's, but it's a headache I don't want to have though. And everyone's uh, okay. very, very fine with the, we are, we are BYOA boat, bring your own anything. And it works out great. Okay. Fair Sweet. Enough. Sweet. All right. Well, Hey, thank you so much, Melissa. Melissa, very nice uh, to meet you. Do people call you Melly often or is that just like a up North thing? No, well, my brother all has always called me Melly, which is where that came from. And then no, no, down Melly. here, started, yeah, Melly. That's what I said. Oh. Started with a Spanish accent, so it probably came out a little differently. Sorry. It uh, definitely did. When we started the business, I, I just thought Melly and Matt sounded cuter than Melissa and Matthew, so we just started with that, and that's why we oh, rolled okay. with that. So I got it. Eminem. Got it. Okay, perfect. Eminem. That's right. Um, all right. Well, that basically does it. So, uh, hey, thank you so much. By the way, I don't know who episode 32 is going to be virtually, um, much like Melissa or Melly starting this uh, Mindset Squared podcast, like kind of like randomly um, or like last minute. I kind of did this actually like two days ago. Monday, I was like, you know what? Let's just do this. So I don't have anybody lined up, but I do have a lot of peeps around the globe. And by globe, I mean Florida and Rhode Island, Massachusetts. (laughs) And so, uh, so I'm going to start, uh, leaning on them a little bit to kind of include them and, uh, we'll have some fun. So if you like this, share it, uh, go check out new Beck photographers, go check out mindset squared, go check out cruise the news, go check out the morning impact and bear city impact. Oh my God. There's like so many things to drop here. Plug away. All the uh, plug Thank it you away. so much. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for, uh, spending some time. This was awesome to just Yay, so connect fun. with you. And uh, help you help you out a little bit. Peace. I'm out. Why am I? It's not this camera. It's this camera. Go Bills. <laughs> go. Bye, guys. Go, actually, go, go Buccaneers now. Yeah, I was gonna say. I'm t- yeah, I'm yeah, I'm totally rooting for the Buc- Buccaneers and Patriots now. Yeah, for sure. I'm pumped. That the Bucks are so close to me. That's exciting. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay. All right. Peace. Bye. All right, bye, guys.